You are now entering the world of Blissful Living, broadcasting around the globe and on the Blissful Living Network with Rochelle Marie Lawson. Are you lacking energy, clarity, and that sense of true well-being? Are you overworked, underpaid, and know that you deserve more in life? You are not alone. Improve your wellness, wisdom, and wealth so that you can step into living the life of your dreams. And now, here's your host of Blissful Living, the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. Hello, my name is Amy Dean, and I am a certified clinical trauma therapist and ascension coach. I am the founder of One Awakening, and through the Awaken Living community, I help driven empathic women struggling with self-criticism, anxiety, and perfectionism heal their inner child wounds so they can deepen their relationships and live a spiritually awakened life. I would love to connect with you and you can find out more at one one awakeningcom Namaste. Hello everyone and welcome to the Blissful Living Show. My name is Rochelle Marie Lawson and you know me as the Queen of Feeling Fabulous and I have a beautiful show in store for you today. So as you know, I like to say take your time and utilize this few minutes while we do the introductions and everything to find a place where you can sit and relax, uh, grab your favorite beverage, uh, get something to write one piece of paper, pen, pencil, and uh, just sit back and relax and enjoy this next few minutes as I have a conversation with our upcoming guest. And with regards to that, um, just let your family know that you're going to take a few minutes out so that you can recharge yourself, so to speak, so that you can be so much better for them after you have this few minutes. So um, while you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and thank our sponsors for the show. The first sponsor I'm going to thank is Blissful Living for You at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com. Blissful Living for You is a company focused on unlocking your bliss so that you can step into living the life of your dreams by balancing the pillars of wellness, wisdom, and wealth. And they have a lot of fabulous and fun freebies for you to pick up so you can get to know a little bit more about your state of well-being, whether you need a detoxification, uh, your mindset, where you may be having some toxic thoughts that might be preventing you from stepping forward and really owning and claiming your dream life, and your wealth. You know, how do you value your wealth? Do you have a blueprint going forward that you can keep building and sustaining the wealth that you acquire? If any of that is piquing your curiosity, then you want to check out Blissful Living at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com. And I want to thank our next sponsor, All Day Cable Incorporated. All Day Cable Incorporated is a telecommunications installation company located in the heart of Silicon Valley. They've been around for over 30 years, and they specialize in network distribution, such as installation of voice data, fiber optic cabling, wireless access points, audio systems, video systems, uh, your network distribution, routers, modems, ad moves, changes with computers, and all of that stuff that we utilize to help us to uh, telecommute, so to speak, better in today's world. They work with small, medium, and large-side businesses and corporations. So if you have a need, uh, if you know someone that has a need, they handle the western region of the United States. And, again, they've been around for over 30 years. 
you want to check out All Day Cable Inc. if you have a telecommunications need at alldaycableinc.com. And we want to thank today's sponsor of the show that we are doing today, Amy Dean, and she has been generous to sponsor today's show. And so I'm just going to lead right on into our guest for today, which is the phenomenal Amy Dean. And let me just tell you a little bit about her. Amy is a certified clinical trauma counselor and ascension coach. She helps driven empathetic or empathic women struggle with self struggling with self criticism and not feeling good enough heal their inner child wounds so they can live an authentic spiritually awakened life true to their soul's mission so amy welcome to blissful living how are you Hello, and thank you so much for that lovely introduction, and I'm wonderful and just very excited to be here. You sound so bubbly. I'm so like, wow, (laughs) she's bringing the bubbly energy, you guys. So I hope you're ready. I hope you had time to get your, you know, nice, comfortable spot, something to write with, your favorite beverage, and just embrace the conversation that I'm going to have with Amy today because we're going to talk about some things that – might uh, just be something you need to hear or you know someone that may need to hear this information. So I just want to jump right in, Amy. Our topic is uh, how to heal the inner child to awaken spirituality. And so many of us have lost connection with our inner child or, for that matter, have forgotten that we even have an inner child, so to speak. Yeah. How does one discover or, you know, get connected back with their inner child? Oh, what a wonderful question. Yes, thank you for bringing that, you know, to to the forefront here, because I think that we often do forget, right, that we have an inner child within us. And I would say that the number one way we can get in touch is first to, right here, you know, on this episode is to acknowledge I have an inner child. And there is this part of me inside that is in true need of my love, my attention, and, of course, you know, it's also a playful side as well and very innocent and loving, right? This inner child tends to have these qualities. And so to discover that first, you know, there's an acknowledgement here in the moment. And the next step is just a lot of visualization work that I do with clients to help them get in touch with their inner child. And it can be very simple, You know, just placing your hand on your heart with compassion and asking your inner child to come forth. And sometimes, you know, you might see that child, you know, visually, but other times it might show up more like a sensation in your body. So there really is no right or wrong way to this process, but often it's as simple as just inviting that inner child in. Now, is there a special way or a special language, I guess, um, that we need to utilize to, to tap into awakening our inner child and reconnecting with it? Yeah, that's a really good question, too. So as far as awakening our inner child, I would say that there tends to be so one little obstacle here, you know, to getting in touch with this inner child and, and truly, you know, getting to this state of spiritual awakening as well is that 
if we have not been in touch with our inner child through most of our, you know, adult life, then often this inner child can feel abandoned or can feel afraid of coming forward. It can appear as shy or can show up as, you know, just coming forward but not really willing or able to talk with us. And so that's common. I would say that's 100% normal for most people, because if you're first getting in touch with your inner child, you're unlikely to see this excited you, right, showing up in this way. But it does happen. Sometimes it does happen. But often it's an inner child that's seeking the love that it never received, that part of us never received, and now it's asking us, right, as our higher selves to come forth and provide that love and that connection. So now why would we or why should we even connect with our inner child. Yeah, so that is a good one. Why, yes, exactly, why even get in touch with our inner child? I would say that one of the number one, so let's talk about maybe spiritual awakening for a moment because if we look at what spiritual awakening is and kind of backtrack a moment to to get back to the whys around the inner child, because spiritual awakening is quite simply that we are coming back to the home within our heart. So we are reminding ourselves that it's not some altered state, you know, that we're trying to get to, some, you know, path to enlightenment that we're trying to reach, but it's more of this understanding that we have all these different masks of who we are. I call these subpersonalities, and these parts of us show up in different ways. You know, for example, you're a different you at work than you are at home, maybe with your kids. So we all have these different subpersonalities, and they're different masks that we wear that don't always cause us problems, but sometimes they do, right? Sometimes they create anxiety or stress or depression and other things. But these different parts of us are usually what we think of as who we really are. And so that's where we get confused. That's where we get stuck. And from there, right, the path to spiritual awakening is just unmasking ourselves and discovering that we are not our subpersonalities and that, of course, the inner child is in there, right, deep within our heart. And when we discover that about spiritual awakening, we're heading in a direction of understanding that we're already peace, we're already love, and we're already the joy that we're seeking, And I think if we can understand that first and foremost, then we can look at the whys around the inner child and say, well, why do I need to get in touch with my inner child? Well, the thing is that we carry a lot of wounds from childhood, Mm. and often some of them are hidden, right, subconscious wounds, and some of them are not hidden. Some of them we've carried with us, and we know they're there. And it's really difficult sometimes, right, especially with trauma or even if you've just had, you know, any kind of adverse life experience, which is everybody, right, we've just almost like accumulated, yeah, this, this kind of energy within us. And it's not something we've chosen, but it's something that's needed for our spiritual growth. And so quite honestly, for anybody who is seeking to get to know who they really are, if they want, you know, to really live as the love that they are, then the one of the biggest and most important ways to heal and to move into that state of being is to heal your inner child wounds. And that's why we want to get in touch with our inner child, because that inner child has wounds. It's carrying a lot of pain, and it's important for us to heal that so that we can step into our highest self. Hopefully that makes you sense. Know, that was a lot, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it makes it makes sense. Now I, I want to go just a little bit deeper because um, you know you mentioned that our inner child has these wounds. 
what are the most common wounds um, that the inner child carries within? Yeah, so I mentioned one of them a, a little bit, not in as far as, you know, the inner child growing up and, and the kind of experiences that that child might have. But the two of the two biggest ones, there are others, but I want to just talk about the two biggest ones, which shame and abandonment are two big ones. And often, you know, it doesn't have to be something huge that happened in our childhood to create these wounds. It could simply be, let's say, shame happened, you know, in a classroom, you know, where a child, you know, another child, you know, in the classroom was laughing at a picture that you had drawn or something like that. And there's a sense of what's wrong with me, right? Because shame points to not enoughness. There's something inherently deeply wrong with who I am. We don't often think about this consciously, you know, for most people, I think it's it's usually hidden on a more subconscious level. And then the abandonment wounds are usually related to our caregivers, our parents, and times where we were not given the kinds of love and the intensity of the love that we needed in that moment and or actual abandonment, right, and as far as trauma goes. So there's those two are major wounds. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Now, are there any other, uh, besides outside of shame or abandonment, any other common wounds that you see come up when you're working with your clients with regards to the inner child? Yeah, I would say that those are the two biggest ones. Now, there's, you know, sometimes guilt can show up and it points back to shame, but I would say those are the two major ones that we identify. And often, you know, the dialogue that my clients have in their minds is something like, I'm not enough, Uh, there's something wrong with me, I, I am wrong, or I did something bad, or I am bad, which is, you know, more connected to shame. So those Mm -hmm. are kinds of, and of course, these clients don't come to me necessarily with those feelings. They don't say, I, you know, I don't feel good enough sometimes, but often it's more of my relationships are falling apart and I don't Mm. know why, or I'm not doing well at work or I'm so overwhelmed. I can't breathe. And this is what the, you know, this is what my clients tell me. So we sit down and we get to the the core of it. Yeah. And discover that the inner child is in fact the foundation and then they start saying things like, I'm not enough, there's something wrong with me, and then they're shocked, like, whoa, where did that come from? And, right. yeah, it can be really insightful through this process. Very interesting, very, very interesting. Now, how do these wounds, um, with regards to, you know, our inner child, affect us in the world that we live in? For instance, how do they affect us maybe in our relationships? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great one. So with our relationships, if you think about it this way, we, you know, and of course, I always go into kind of the attachment way of looking at this as well, just from a a therapeutic perspective. But essentially, we are, as we are connecting with other people, right, there's going to be a certain level of vulnerability that we need to bring to any relationship. And if we are struggling with inner child wounds, first, we may struggle with fully opening our heart. And other times we might be, you know, fully you know, having our heart wide open and consistently feeling hurt and brokenhearted in the process of continually opening our heart. So it's kind of closing down and opening up again. And it can feel as if, you know, there's sometimes often there's a lot of conflict 
you know, in relationships. So it could be you know, with your partner, with your spouse, with friendships, even coworkers. It could feel like there's a distance between the two of you. And, you know, depending on if you have anxious attachment, which, you know, tends to be if you have a lot of inner child wounds where you were abandoned and you did not get that kind of caregiving that you needed, then there can be this anxious style that you bring to relationships, which can feel just really inauthentic to you, right? This need to be in relationship or this need to you know, have the partner text you at a certain time or call you back when you need them to and feel almost dependent upon their responses. Mm. And on the other end of it, yeah, it could be completely the opposite where you could feel like I don't need anybody, I'm independent, I am completely on my own and I don't care, you know, I don't need anything. And that could potentially, depending, could be a closed heart, right, because of these inner child wounds. And it's just easier, right, to, to protect yourself in that way. Right. So those are some ways, yeah, but it could just show up quite simply as a fight with your spouse about, you know, something that they might, you know, disagree on or that you just don't have something in common about. And right. it can always lead back to the inner child. That's how interesting it is. It can be really subtle. Like, why did you say that to me? Like, that was really painful, for example, right, if your spouse made a comment right. and you all of a sudden felt like, wait, what do you mean? Are you attacking me? Right? And you get defensive in that moment. That's uh, an inner child right. reaction often. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Now, okay, I'm going to take it into the work and career arena because, you know, in, in the workplace you're dealing with a lot of different personalities and mm-hmm. people, and all of these people have their inner child and their inner child wounds. How can a, yeah. how can this affect us in our work or career environment, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So one thing that, I, as I noted earlier, we have these subpersonalities, and they often show up as a response to our wounding. So one way of thinking of it is that we have a fragmented mind, all of us, every single human being, because we go through hardship. And because we go through hardship, you know, we split off almost, right, in different ways, not in a, you know, diagnosis kind of way, but more of an understanding that we are, you know, we're meant to grow and then integrate our experience later. So when we talk about work and what that looks like in regards to the inner child, we're looking at, how our protective subpersonalities are showing up because often our inner Mm -hmm. child is pretty hidden or we're trying to hide it right at work. And typically a protective part such as a perfectionist shows up or Mm -hmm. a critical part of us, right, shows up or an imposter syndrome part of us shows up or a people pleaser shows up. And these parts of us are really, truly, they have great intentions. They want to help us get, you know, get by in work or maybe a highly achiever part, you know, wants to make sure we do good in the world or be successful. But what's happening sometimes is if we're pushing ourselves too hard to burn out, for example, which is a huge problem right now, then we're usually looking at an inner child wound that's unhealed because there's parts that are trying to compensate for this, you know, this lack of love that this inner child received. And so there's a sense of I have to prove myself whether or not it's conscious. So there's that. Yeah, that's how typically I would wow. in the workplace. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. I, I'm loving this information because it. I think yeah. what you're sharing can help a lot of people uh, maybe take mm-hmm. a step back before responding in certain ways. And 
you know, tapping yeah. into seeing, is this me or is this my inner child that wants to respond? So very cool. I love yeah. it. Now, I want to, I want to tap into the whole spiritually awakening and, or spirit, being spiritually awoken. What exactly does that mean? Yeah, so when we're looking at spiritual awakening, I know I kind of have a, a little bit of a different perspective on it. And maybe if it's okay, I'll just share. I have this six-phase process for spiritual awakening. Yeah, I think that helps to, yeah, let's go into it, because that will give a lot more of a an understanding as to this process. So you know, through my own journey, of course, through my own healing journey, and then, of course, working with clients, I realized there were quite a few themes around our process when we're awakening spiritually. And and one thing to note, too, is that everyone's on a spiritual awakening journey. That's been my experience. It doesn't mean everyone knows they are, and it doesn't mean everyone wants to be on one. But we are all, <laughs> you know, growing, you know, spiritually in different ways. And so sometimes we're in what I call phase one, which is dream sleep. And this is where we're on autopilot, right? I mean, you might hear people say things like, I don't know, my life is just run by a wheel. I can't slow down. I don't even know what I ate for breakfast yesterday. Like, I'm just going, right? I'm just making things happen. My calendar is is leading my life, basically, or, or whatnot. And I'm not really in any kind of control as to what's happening. And it's not just that, too, but it's also, you know, you're not as present in relationship. You're disconnected, you know, from people that you care about. And it can feel very, you know, very dark and very dim. But it's also not, uh, it's also not the worst state. It's almost like things could be worse, but things could be better. So sometimes we're not really ready for change in this phase. And so then we look at phase two, and I think it's important to note that these phases are not linear. However, this is how the process tends to unfold for a lot of people. So that's why they're in this kind of framework. But phase two is the nightmare phase. And this is also known as that dark night of the soul, right? When we're going through a really, really difficult time in our lives, this is when we're having like an existential crisis of who am I? What am I doing on this planet? Why am I going through this? Why am I even at this job, right? What am I doing with my with my everyday life? And it can feel so stuck and and also depression is a is a really big feeling that we can have or emotion we can have during this time but it's mm. not just depression we're really questioning ourselves and our lives and we might even self isolate as a result of feeling like things are changing or shifting but we can't make sense of it and we feel really lonely in this phase too mm. So that's a big one. And then we move into phase three, right? So sometimes, and of course, phases depend as far as how long we're in them, depend on just a whole variety of factors. But it could be, you know, just our own openness to our growth, to our desire for spiritual awakening can be a really big determiner of whether we're moving through the phases more quickly or whether we're backtracking. So then we look at phase three, and this is all about exploration, so now we're looking at just understanding that there's stuff we need to heal. We're ready to do the work. We know it's not going to be easy. And yet we are maybe exploring meditation or yoga or other things that feel connective to our soul. And we're slowing down maybe and we're taking time to ourselves and engaging in self-care more often. And we're realizing the value of just getting in touch with ourselves and going inward. So that would be phase three. And this is a really big opening, and I see a lot of clients in this phase because they're ready. Mm, And they reach out, and they're like, let's do this, right? And then phase four is the waking up 
phase. Now, this oh. is where we are starting to understand our spiritual awakening journey. Now, this is where, for example, if you want to imagine you wake up in the morning metaphorically, right, and you open up the blinds and there's all this light pouring in. And this light is, you know, almost like you're getting in touch with the light within you. So you tend to feel like life is a bit more vivid, a bit brighter, a bit more, you know, peaceful. And you have a lot more silence maybe even within your mind and within your body. There's a sense of being more connected with other human beings, not just your family or friends, but just to others as a whole. And it can be really profound for some and just subtle for others. But you're starting to wake up to the knowing that you are not separate from everyone else. And that can be really transformative. And then phase five is the awakened living phase. Now, this is where we understand that we are a spiritual being. And this is not conceptual, right? It's a knowing deep within that we're a spiritual being having a human experience. And there is this deep state of oneness and connection and openness to all beings everywhere. And not just Mm. that, but there's also, yeah, this great, and this comes back to your question around what is spiritual awakening? But this is when we really feel one with all that is, but also there's a natural joy. We know that comes from this place. And I think we've all felt that, you know, to some extent when we, you know, maybe look at a, a small baby, you know, or, you know, a hold, you know, a, a puppy or whatever right. it may be. Yeah. Just this, like, sense of oh, overflowing love and, and joy in that moment. And that's who we are. Like, that's the state that we not only need to tap into, but to uncover so we can live from that state. And that's what phase five is. It's living as love, essentially, leading mm, as love. I love that. And, yeah, and it doesn't mean we don't have emotions, you know, or that we just become less human. We actually become more human. We feel more. But we're not just feeling more. We're being with it. And we know we are not what we're feeling. So there's a, you know, a definite space between who we are and the subpersonalities that are showing up. And then phase six is integration. Yeah, and this is phase six we can revisit several, many, many times actually on our spiritual awakening journey. But this is when we're integrating what we've learned and discovered. So you could go from phase three and then go into phase six to integrate a bit of what come up for you. And this integration looks like having a clear sense of who you are versus your subpersonalities and feeling a greater sense of wholeness inside not feeling so, for example, polarized, right? Like when we have decisions we need to make and one part of us says, oh, we have to do this. And another part says, oh, I have to do that. When you're in phase six integration, you're not having this kind of pull from left to right. You're integrating your experience and whichever phase you were just in, that's deepening, in other words. So that phase is is deepening. So we're really bouncing around a lot through these phases, and that's why we can feel like we're backtracking, right? If you go from phase three to phase six all the way back to phase two, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, what is happening here? But it's normal, and it's, okay. you know, it's just, yeah, it's totally normal. So it's so it's the ebb and flow, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go from stage one to stage six. You could, you could mm-hmm. be at stage one and go to stage three and then maybe stage five and then go back to stage. So yeah. it's not like, like you said, linear. It, it's just an ebb and flow as to what's happening with you and your inner child and, and the awakening that's occurring with you at that level that um, mm-hmm. leads you from way, one phase to the next, so to speak. Is that right? 
That is right. Exactly. Yeah. It's as simple as complex as it sounds, right? I think it's a bit of both <laughs> in this process, right? It's like all over the place. But I think it's great to, you know, just to note that we are not meant to do this alone. You know, I think we right. we tend to be in this individualist kind of culture often where we think we got to do things alone or we have to figure things out alone and not until we reach out maybe to a professional, but even still, it's so important to have a community and it's so important to connect with people on this journey because it can feel really lonely. It really can. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine, like, you know, people that are in these different phases that have not had connection with anyone else experiencing mm-hmm. spiritual awakening can feel like they're all alone mm-hmm. or, you know, there's somewhat yeah. out of sorts, so to speak. And it's good to know that there is a community. I mean, this happens with, you know, a lot of people and it's not mm-hmm. abnormal. It's it's a normal it's a normal thing that we go through when you're being spiritually yeah. awoken, so to speak. Now, I want to ask you mm-hmm. this. With regards yeah. to the Akashic Records, what is the role of the Akashic Records, not only with regards to um, our inner child and spiritual uh, awakening, but with regards to the whole healing process of mm-hmm. uh, the two of those, so to speak, as we ebb and flow through life? Mm, yeah, yeah, great question. So the Akashic Records, first and foremost, just for those who might be new to this topic, I'll just mention that. The Akashic Records are quite simply, coming back to simple and complex again, but it's more of this um, understanding that we are 100% connected to many different dimensions. And there's a dimension within us, which is called the Akashic Records, and this dimension is the dimension of love. And it's the dimension of healing and peace. And not just that, it's also the etheric library of all of our soul's records. So it contains past lives, future possibilities. It helps us make decisions in the moment. It can help us understand our life purpose. So the Akashic Records are utilized in so many different ways. And I taught that for many, many years and then realized that the Akashic Records actually are an excellent you know, inner place to understand our purpose and to heal our inner child. So with that, the role of it is to understand that the Akashic Records, you know, because it's a space of love, because it's a space of openness and compassion, that it's the best place to bring our inner child to. And it's the best place to help our inner child heal with these spiritual beings that exist within the Akashic Records and to get support on a very deep spiritual level. And it also helps every time we go into the Akashic Records, it expands our consciousness and opens mm. up our potential to come back to this knowing that we're growing spiritually and awakening through this process. So it can be just a really profound connection to the divine that I find, and I've been doing this work for about 10 years now, and it's been something that I just knew right away. This is part of my purpose. I want to help people get in touch with the with the universe, with God, whichever word makes sense for you. And the Akashic Records can help you do that and help you heal. Wow. On that level too. Wow. I mean, yeah. what a wealth of information, you know, from learning about, you know, our inner child and connecting it to our spiritual awakening and then understanding the process of how the Akashic Records fall into all of this is just amazing. And so um, – can you share one last thing with the listeners with regards to um, yeah. healing the wounds of our inner child 
um, what does that actually feel like when that healing begins to take place? Yeah, Oof, that is great. Yes, when it comes to healing the inner child, what does that look like? So after we've, you know, done some work together, typically um, this is, you know, connected to the Awakened Living community that I offer. And so we go into the Akashic Records as a group, as a community. And from there, we're contacting these light beings in the records, which are the spiritual beings that are there to support you. And we bring your inner child there. And often what my students tell me and what I've experienced as well is it can feel like you are just releasing old burdens, almost like heaviness off your shoulders. It's just releasing and letting go and the stress and the tension and all the sadness and all of the emotions that have been stored. There tends to be this pretty pretty big release for most people doing this work. And, you know, you might cry for the first time in a while and, you know, it depends. Everyone's different. But I would say that when your inner child, you know, is has healed those wounds, there is an integration period, of course, that takes place so that this inner child can come back to this knowing of who she is or who he is and understand themselves in this way. Because for you, know, basically your whole life, you've had these wounds, right? And now wow. this inner child says, I have, they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. We're, we're completely you know, free of them. But now the integration of what does it look like in my life? And often what I find, especially, you know, in my, my own personal work with this, is that I've become a lot more playful, a lot sillier, and a lot more just, you know, open-minded to different things that I never thought I would ever be open-minded to. And, you know, for example, you know, often, you know, I'll turn over to my husband and say, hey, let's go to the playground and just swing on the swings. And at first he was like, what do you mean let's go, you know, swing on the swings? <laughs> <laughs> like, let's go have some fun, you know. And, um, and then, you know, bring our dogs along or whatnot, too. And so we get over there, and, and he's like, oh, my gosh, look how high I can go. And, you know, it's, it's 100% obvious that we're connecting with our inner, ch- you know, inner children in this way. Right. But it's right. fun, and it just feels like you're connecting with your passion. And those, it just, it stays with you. You know, it's like these simple experiences that we tend to lose as we become adults because we become so work-focused wow. or productivity-focused, right? It's Yeah, yeah that's beautiful. That's, that's absolutely, yeah. like, the visualization of swinging on the swing takes me yeah. back to when I was a kid. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was one of the most fun times, although we would swing on the swing and, and go as high as we can and then jump off, you know, you know, just, yeah, crazy <laughs> yeah. stuff. But it's beautiful to have those oh, yeah. visualizations because then we can tap in. I mean, sometimes yeah. we get so caught up in the adult world that we forget about the things that we did as kids that brought us so much joy, as silly yeah. or mundane as they may have been. So thank you, right. Amy, for sharing this wonderful information with the listeners today. Yes. Now, how yes. can the listeners get in contact with you if they want to learn more about, you know, healing their inner child, spiritual awakening, or even, yeah. you know, tapping into the Akashic Records? Absolutely. So I would say, first and foremost, I want to offer a spiritual awakening guidebook to the listeners. And this is a complimentary guidebook that you can find um, at my website. It's oneawakening.us, and that's one O-N-E, awakening.us, slash podcast. And you can go there and download it, and then it has a journal. It goes through these phases of spiritual awakening that we talked about in in more depth and also helps you to track your ego traps and the things that are showing up for you that might be keeping you stuck on the spiritual awakening path. So that's first and foremost. And then I would say another way of getting in touch is I'm also on Facebook, 
It's uh, facebook.com slash awakening spiritually together. And so as I mentioned earlier, having a community is so important. And so this is, um, you know, in the group, I'm, you know, regular, I'm very active in there to help, you know, move through this process. It's not an easy thing. So please do join if you feel guided to. And of course, if you want to find out more about, you know, healing your inner child and deepening that work, you can also find me at um, one, now this is an, a different website, one, O-N-E dash awakening dot com. And you'll find more information on that there. Perfect. Well, there you have it, everyone. The beautiful Amy Dean sharing with us how we can heal our inner child to awaken spirituality and connect with the wisdom in the Akashic Records to help us to do that and understand the whole process as to what we're going through as we go through mm-hmm. these phases to spiritual awakening. So thank you, Amy, for being not only a guest on the show, but the sponsor of today's show. We sincerely appreciate these words of wisdom mm-hmm. and the information is very, very enlightening. And, um, you know, I took a bunch of notes. It's just because it's, just, <laughs> it's good information. Any little bit of information we yeah. can help us as we travel down our path to bliss is best, right? right? right. So thank you, exactly. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh, my gosh, this You're is very wonderful. Welcome. Thank you so much. This is just so You're much You're very welcome. Thank you. And then I want to thank you, listeners. Please, again, subscribe to the show. If you have not already done that, share the show with everyone you love and care about because we all need to understand we all have an inner child with wounds that need to be healed um, or at least needs to be acknowledged so that we can start the healing process. And, um, you know, of course, share the show with people you don't love and care about because the more we can get this information out, the better we can make the world. And so I want to thank all of you. I want to thank our sponsors, Blissful Living for You at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com. If you want to unlock your bliss, then check them out and see where you may be out of balance with your wellness, wisdom, or wealth from one of their freebies. So, again, thank you to Blissful Living for You at blissfullivingforyou.com. And our other sponsor, All Day Cable Incorporated, All Day Cable Inc., you can go check them out if you have a business that needs telecom assistance, if you know of a business that needs some help in their voice data, fiber, or wireless system, um, check out All Day Cable at alldaycableinc.com. There's a reason why they've been around since 1989, and they keep going strong. And, again, I want to thank Amy Dean for being a sponsor of this beautiful show. And, of course, I want to thank all of you for tuning in and sharing the wisdom and sharing the show with everyone I love that, and I love, love, love bringing these phenomenal guests to you that have words of wisdom that will help each and every one of us travel more successfully and gracefully as we travel down our path to bliss. I am the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, and until next time, I am wishing you wellness, wisdom, and wealth. Take good care, everyone. Have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day. And goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Rochelle Marie Lawson on Blissful Living. To contact Rochelle Marie and to find out more about Blissful Living, click on Blissful Living for You link right here on the Blissful Living Network. Catch all the Blissful Living episodes on demand and available for download 24-7 on BlissfulLivingForYou.com. Until next week, may your life be filled with peace, wellness, abundance, and prosperity.